0: Oh, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. You can find me on Instagram at realseanmccormick or Optimal Performance Podcast. Man, what a time of year. Uh, It's so cool to be able to just release so many great episodes with such amazing people. I've got a lot more guests that I'm excited to bring to you. And on today's episode, we are joined by two people that I know fairly well. Neil Modi is the managing director at Zoic Capital, and Chris Haydel is the co-founder and managing director at Haydel Beal and Associates. What I've done with this episode is I decided to do a little sort of uh, ode to Tim Ferriss. And you know, most of the episodes that I do are focused on performance, on nutrition, exercise nootropics you know gut health biological stuff and what this episode aims to do is to make this more about mastery to more about the process of thinking of making strong decisions and because i am in a phase of my life where i'm really curious about um, solid decision making uh, especially with with these two guys who are uh, who work in finance this is something that i really wanted to know how they think of Making decisions, um, investing in companies. Um, Neil is a uh, the managing director of a capital, and they're concerned uh, with um, medical technology. They invest in med tech, and how in the heck do you go through the process of of investing in med tech companies? How do you make good choices? And these two guys are also the co-hosts of a podcast called Market Meditations, which is uh, philosophical in nature. Uh, it involves you know, thinking about finance, thinking about um, financial health. And for me, um, I just really enjoy this conversation because I don't do conversations like this very often. And I really like these guys and I wanted to give them a platform because I wanted to know how they think about these things. So we talk in this episode about performance through ease and grace. And we also talk about performance through intense focus. We talk about the concept of widening your aperture in order to analyze situations and make great decisions. Both of these guys are meditators. Both of these guys are really deep thinkers and have had lots of success. And uh, I wanted to know what made their brains tick, how they think of problems, how they think of solutions, how they invest their money. Um, You know, in this episode, there's a couple of really cool quotes. One, block out distraction, get really clear, pause, when there's not clarity, pause again. Another quote, I kind of feel like the only things you should feel excited about are deep relationships. I try not to get too high or too low. This is really f- a fascinating conversation because it's in an area that, I, that I'm that i hungry to learn about and to know how some of the, the highest level thinkers in, in investment, in money management, in venture capital, and also um, long-term investing, how they think about these big decisions when there are big, big, multi-million-dollar decisions to be made. I really want to know how they do it. You know, um, this is it's it's uh, it's a wide-ranging conversation, but this is really about mastery, and uh, I'm really pleased to bring it to you. Today's episode is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100 percent natural and open-source supplements to help you live better, have a better brain. I've said it before, and I'll say it again: you we should all be taking D3. It's winter time. We should have d3 we should have vitamin d in our bodies it will help our help us build resiliency and boost our immune systems you should just have it so go to naturalstacks.com and use the code opp 15 for 15 percent off your first online order there's a bunch of great products but you should definitely get some vitamin d3 in your life i'm going to keep today's intro pretty short because well i'm going to be turning around and editing another episode i want to i want to keep hitting you with really great content as we finish out this year of 2020, which has been a doozy. So we're going to get around right to the episode, but I do want to give you a little bit of a heads up. Um, we have some more episodes coming that I think you're going to really love. And also, if you haven't already emailed me and said I'm in to participate in the virtual biohacking assistant pilot program, please do so. I want to help you curate information in biohacking that is the most relevant to you. What are you interested in, in getting better at? What do you want to improve in your life? I want to help you find resources Appropriate products that are just right for the thing that you're trying to figure out So just send me an email sean at seanmccormick.com, and say I'm in and I'll add you to the pilot program It's gonna be awesome. Um, Also just another heads up I will be probably accepting more endorsements as we come into the new year Um, You know, this podcast is growing. Thanks to you You can help me out by sharing this with your friends sharing it on social media taking one minute right now going in and dropping a review on uh, on uh, your player wherever you're listening to this and um, help me grow this thing and another way to grow that is for me to get more sponsors so that i can Um, I can spend more time on this beautiful and wonderful Optimal Performance Podcast. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Neil Modi and Chris Heidel. And we're here with Neil Modi, Managing Director of Zoic Capital, and Chris Heidel, Co-Founder and Managing Director at Heidel Beal & Associates. Fellas, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks
1: for having us today, Sean. I'm very excited to be here, Sean. Thank you for having us.
0: So this is this is a little bit different in a, in a couple of ways. Uh, one, I don't usually do um, you know two two other guests at a time, so this is exciting to me. It's a lot of action, and and secondly, you guys are are a little bit of a deviation from the classic guests that I have, but I am interested in all the different aspects of performance. And um, certainly high level decision making, high stakes decision making, mastery of systems are things that you guys do day in and day out. And so um, if let's just start with um, let's start with you, Neil, to kind of explain um, what it is that you do and uh, what a typical day is like for you.
2: Okay, so um, Zoic Capital is a early stage med tech investor. What does that mean? We invest in medical devices. Um, And I'll give you an example. This will be even easier if I give an example. We met a company that had licensed a lens that had been developed by Caltech for NASA to be able to see debris in space. And it was one of the best lenses ever developed. And so they licensed it out for healthcare usage. They built an artificial intelligence um, algorithm on top of it. And then they were able to detect Alzheimer's 15 years in advance. And uh, with 95% accuracy. And in a third of the people, that meant that they could avoid uh, having Alzheimer's altogether. Um, the FDA pathway to get approved was less than six months. Uh, so that's the kind of device that we like to invest in at Zoic Capital. That company, by the way, is called Optina Diagnostics. Um, and so it's my job to uh, run a team that looks for deals um, that look similar to this and to help those companies along by helping them build out their intellectual property and um, by getting returns from my investors, kind of in a nutshell, if that works. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. they
0: Thank you for giving us that example because that, that, does, that does bring into focus a little bit uh, what, what it means in the, in the real world. Um, Chris, Chris how, about, how about you? Just tell us a little bit about um, what you do and, and what a typical day is like for you.
1: Yeah, thanks. I um, am the chief investment officer and co-founder of a registered investment advisory firm in Pasadena. And my day is varied. I spend a lot of time uh, doing investment research, and I think a lot uh, about companies that, uh, and investment ideas that are in my wheelhouse. So, uh, to give you a quick example of my thinking, Something sticks with me. I'm not a baseball player, but long ago I read uh, Warren Buffett. And in Buffett's speech, he talked about Ted Williams, the great hitter. Uh, And Ted breaks down the strike zone into uh, 77 baseball sized uh, uh, quadrants. And in his book, The Science of Hitting, he talks about only swinging for those cells in which he has mastery and the greatest percentage of hits, even willing to take a strike and miss opportunities that don't fit into his best zone. So I have a a specialty and a a love for value-oriented investing, but it's one style. So part of my day is researching things that I find uh, to be undervalued and trying to learn as much as I possibly can. Uh, about those companies, about the people running them very importantly, and everything that can be known about them. Um, But I also recognize that there are many ways to make money. And I also look to uh, learn about other managers, other styles, and find other portfolios run by other experts. And in my, of course, journey, I've met Neil (laughs) in the venture capital world and have been impressed with his process. So I spend time studying both individual investments and then other investment processes uh, and learning from both. Uh, And then, of course, I have time to meet uh, and help individual clients, business owners, uh, to develop financial plans. And I have a team that helps me with that. So some of my duties are supervisory and some of them are personal interactions with clients. So the days vary but i spend a lot of time doing that research and a lot of time reading
0: that ted williams example is i'm still 72
2: like strike zones i've never heard that before processing 77. that 77 sorry mm-hmm.
0: and he and he's willing to take a strike and not swing at a pitch if he thinks it's not in his in his highest performing quadrants
1: Correct. Correct. And he, of course, is the only Major League Baseball player to have a 400 uh, average during a full baseball season. So that's a pretty (laughs) remarkable hitter. It's it's an incredible discipline because, you know, we're bombarded every day with all kinds of news. Um, And I'm sure that's true of you, Neil. You see this device uh, was (laughs) bought by a company and you think, oh, that's something I missed. But if it wasn't really in your zone, it's something you can train yourself to watch with some uh, distance and some amusement. This may <laughs> sound strange, but I don't really worry about
2: missing an investment. Like we, you know, it, right. it's it's against our process to invest in something before we followed it for nine months. And so, if something's really mm-hmm. great that's invented by Sean, who I love, who's hosting this podcast today, um, is in six months, and it fits our thesis in every way i i'm just okay missing it <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. i don't really yeah. feel like i'm yeah. missing there's plenty of opportunity in the world
1: that's right
0: so cool so cool uh
2: so uh, for a little bit
0: of context for the listeners uh i i know both of you guys chris we've never met in person um but I've, mm-hmm. but i've you know, we've, we've spoken a, a number of times, um, Neil, you and I are, gu- are, are good friends. You, the two of you are collaborators and friends, and you guys also host, uh, co-host a, a really cool podcast called market meditations. And for, for those of you listening that are interested in, um, learning about investing, um, adding insight into how you think about investing the guests that they get, and the topics of conversation, you already know that they're fun and that they that uh, are humorous. Uh, you should go check that out because um, your guys' rapport is great and I've, I've really enjoyed listening to your guys' episodes. Um, I'm funnier in person.
2: Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So l- l- lucky that our... <laughs> you
1: thought
2: know, you just opened yourself wide up. Yeah, in every
1: <laughs> way, Neil. In every way. Uh, I,
0: I'm. You know, obviously, this is this is a deviation from you know from the hardcore biohacking stuff that that I usually do. But but what I what I why I'm. Interested in pursuing a conversation like this is because I'm a huge fan of a sports psychologist and um, and and podcast host named Mike Gervais. Michael Gervais is the uh, sports psychologist for the Seahawks. He helped uh, Baumgartner do the Red Bull, you know, space dive, and and he talks a lot about mastery and understanding how people think about you know doing what they do well. How can how can you get mastery? Of this thing or that thing, how many different ways can you express your your pursuit of mastery? Uh, and so, uh, on that note, I you know that's that's kind of a lot of where I'd like to take these conversations. And and I'd like to start with just a little bit of a definition. So let's start with you, Chris. Uh, what does performance mean to you?
1: Um, performance means to me something that uh, feels in many ways light and effortless. Um, There's a sense that all the different elements are clicking and coming together like a puzzle. I don't know, it's something I think um, you can really feel. And there's a great joy when all of the things are all the different elements of a particular problem or an issue you're faced with or something you're engaged in um, fall into place. Hmm.
0: I like that answer. I like that answer. So it's, there's a a certain ease, a grace associated with performance in your mind.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes.
0: How about you, Neil? How how do you, how do you think about performance?
2: (laughs) I think about it very differently than Chris. Um, I think about it as intense focus. Um, I think when I'm in Hmm. that intense focus or when we as a fund are in that intense focus, um, it, it is easy and uh, I do think of it as intense though um, gotta, gotta be clear about where you'll turn left, where you'll turn right, never deviate um, and um, being in performance mode 100% of the time to me is just trying to learn as much as I possibly can trying to refine how fast I can go in the car, when I should switch gears, you know when I should churn, um, I, I, Lewis Hamilton, the, I guess the about to become the most successful F1 driver already is, I guess churns much earlier than most people. Um, he's just already in that churn. And so I think when I'm in performance mode, I'm thinking a lot more about that churn than when I'm sitting with my wife and enjoying dinner. And, uh, Hmm. I think about performance as something I want to be careful to, uh, go into and out of.
1: Yeah. I don't disagree with that, Neil. I do think there's a, uh, an intensity, but I distinguish between that intensity and the tension it can bring and the performance side of it when things are going well, or that you feel you're in this sort of peak or flow state, uh, where things come easily and you even lose a sense, lose the sense of time. All the distractions kind of fall away. Um, and that to me is really when I feel performance is optimal.
0: You know, with sticking with the formula one, uh, the Lewis Hamilton sort of,
2: um, analogy idea.
0: Yeah. yeah, What's what strikes me is and how I connect it to, you know, what's typically, um, how I typically think of performance and, and the sort of, the sort of guests that I curate for the show and, um, they are varied and vast and, um, and, and seemingly, you know, uh, unrelated, but, but never, never are they unrelated. It's all, it's all this big, uh, beautiful symphony of all these different things coming together. So within the, within the analogy of, of Lewis Hamilton, you know, how do you think about the different variables that, uh, that, that he goes that go into that high level of performance in which he's making the right turn at the right time? Like, you know, for for a guy like yourself who is constantly like diving deep on in into these companies and into opportunities and, and thinking about um, um thinking about specifically medical technology in a really in a really detailed way how do you how do you make the connection between you know the the variables that Lewis uh, Hamilton is having to consider when he's turning versus the, the variables that you have to consider when taking a look at a, at an opportunity so
2: I think performance probably isn't that different. Um, between, uh, I I think Lewis Hamilton's probably better at his performance than I am at mine because more people have heard of him than me at this moment. Um, but I, but I think ultimate performance is very similar, right? And so I think when you're being a performer, you have to also learn to take care of yourself and take care of the basics. Um, maybe to use part of the F1 analogy, you've got to make sure, you know, the tires get changed and, um, the oil gets put in and, you know, all of the other maintenance things you need to do on a car. Um, I'm still learning some of those things. I, I see Chris do a lot of those things a lot better. I mean, he, he regularly goes and does yoga in the middle of the day. You know, he starts his morning with a meditation, walks in the morning, and then also walks in the evening. So he's getting time with his dogs. Um, he also does a lift in the morning. He's also not afraid to cancel every meeting and just meditate. Um, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, I, I've been <laughs> I've been uh, subjugated to those to those cancellations before. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I see is this kind of um, um, super blocking of anything that takes away from the resource he needs in order to to get back to performance mode. Um, so I would say, like you know getting to that level of mastery is just something you've got to continue to work on and focus on and figuring out where the, the weak spots are. Sean, I know I've called Mm -hmm. you many a times when some parts weren't working (laughs) the way they, the way I thought they would. Um, I don't know if that does that start to answer some of your question?
0: Yeah, it does. It does. It's, it, 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 speaks to, a, a widening of the aperture to understand that there are lots of different things all happening at the same time and, and even with the, you know, explaining Chris's meditation uh, practice, like we we have to constantly widen our aperture so that we can take in all the information that we can without overloading ourselves and then make smart decisions, make smart choices. Uh, Chris, I'm, I'm curious now about your meditation practice mm-hmm. Um you know, I know that I know that uh, that that it's a that, that it's a serious discipline for both of you, and you know, I know that you guys have done you know ten day Vipassana trainings, um, retreats before. Just me. I don't I think, think Chris
2: wow. has ever done that. I want to. Oh. I've got that one up on Chris. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. So.
0: So what, what does, what does, cause we've done, you know, we've done, we have done podcasts on meditation. We've done podcasts mm-hmm. on different devices and the muse and Ariel Garten and, and all these different ways to, to think about meditation. What, what does mm-hmm. meditation bring you? Um, how does it add to your, to your to your pursuit of mastery?
1: Um, it really creates, uh, a deeper sense of understanding and clarity. It's like if you squeeze oranges into a, a juice glass. And um, you can drink that right away. And of course, it's refreshing. But if you let that glass sit for a little while, the particles, the pulp, everything will float to the bottom. And you're left with this clear liquid. And I think in a in a way, um, certainly the more I've practiced meditation, the quicker I am able to achieve that sense of clarity and with that clarity I'm able to take in more information and actually process it um, in a sort of seamless way with less effort Um, and I can also feel uh, when things aren't working or I feel confused or there's a bit of cloudiness Um, and to help my decision making I'll pause come back to my breathing and practice uh, the skills I've learned in meditation just to make sure that emotionally, um, physically, mentally, I'm clear.
0: Hmm. I think everyone listening right now is hears in your voice the results of your clear thinking <laughs> and your meditation <laughs>
2: practice. Better than deaths. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I, I mean, I, it's, it just, it comes, it comes out of you. And, and I think that's why the two of you make such an interesting, you know, podcast duo and, and probably business duo is that the sort of complementary playing off of, uh, of different styles and different uh, ways of approaching um, um, both problems and opportunities Um, but just, I mean, man, Chris, you, you're born to be a freaking podcast host, man. You're
1: (laughs) silky pipes, man. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) you. (laughs) If I'm ever feeling down, Sean, I've got you on speed. (laughs)
0: You you just call me and just talk to me and I'll just be instantly become relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, Um, So uh, Neil, I, th- I guess this one's a little well, bit no, more. Actually, more yeah. I want to I point yeah. something
2: out. I, actually, our yeah. processes aren't that different. Um, I noticed that uh, okay. we, have, we have another good friend in common that I regularly refer to on our, our podcast, Roger. Our processes are not really that different for any of us. I think part of the point is to block out distraction, get really clear, pause when there's not clarity, get more clear, pause again. And continuing this refinement of of straining out the pulp, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well,
0: okay. Well, let's go there. Let's go a little deeper then. Um, eventually, you're going to drink that
2: shit. <laughs> shit you know? No, no. Hopefully, really great ones. <laughs> not shit. I mean, no, right? definitely not shit.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, you're eventually you're going to pick that glass up and drink it. And and mm-hmm. for you guys, you know, eventually you're going to you're going to make a decision to deploy capital to to an end right and mm-hmm. and and i i'm now i'm curious about that process of okay you've gotten clear you've looked at it you've looked at it you've gotten clear you've you've researched You're you're like you, you you've really exhausted you've really given your all to this to this uh, to this process of of discovery and, and um identification and and whatever your uh your sort of unique special sauce is in, in as far as investing But eventually, there comes this point, right before when you say, okay, yes, now I'm going to write a gigantic check um, to because I feel confident in the decision I make. And as I think about the people listening to this podcast, um, and how they live their lives, we're we're met with these decisions all day, every day, right? We have we have these we have these big choices with what to do with our lives and what to do with our fitness, um, what to do with our money. And so I'd love for both of you to, to talk a little bit about what that what that moment is like when when all of the pulp has fallen. And then then you know that now
2: is the right time
0: to drink this juice at this moment.
2: I think for me, it's probably going to be a little different. Um, some of it is I have enough pattern recognition, having seen enough deals to have a good idea of – Um, what, what, uh, what smells like shit and what smells like orange juice. Um, Mm. and then a lot of the job for me is then to go about verifying whether I'm right or wrong to not get too excited about any feeling I have. Right. Um, I can tell you one of our, our, one of the investments we're most excited about, uh, didn't smell good to me to start with. And I didn't really let that get in the way. Um, what does it feel like when I get there? I, I feel good. You know, I, I always feel like I wish I allocated more money. Um, I, you know, I think as exits come from what I do, um, as companies mature and they, they sell and then return money to capital, I'm, I'm sorry to the investors who invested in me, then I think, you know, uh, uh it'll feel good, right. Uh, I'll feel a little better, but you know, the process continues. It's not like mm. it's, You know, I I imagine Kobe Bryant, you know, scoring or Michael Jordan scoring, like he feels good about about scoring that shot, but he's got to go do it again, right? And it's the process that he's excited about, not just the score. The score is just one very small aspect of 40 steps that led to him jumping in the right way, you know, weaving in the right way to be able to just, you know, actually put the ball through the hole and through the net. Chris,
0: how about for you? What's the, what's that, what's that moment like right before you make that choice?
1: I feel like, um, it's a moment of calm. If I am too excited about, uh, an idea,
2: <laughs>
1: the voice experience I, keep going. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. If I'm, if I'm too excited, um, it is a sense that i might be selling myself mm. that um one of my biases or there's something i'm overlooking in that excitement um as i mentioned before when things really become clear it's almost like a picture or a, a you know a, a 500 piece puzzle comes together but <laughs> without the lines and the 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 missing pieces it all falls in place and um there's a real sense of satisfaction um, that, that it's come together this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just get this sense. Um, uh, it, it's a.
2: Uh, but Chris, you say this.
1: I, I want to say it's a sense of satisfaction. You say that, but, in the but, but it's
2: only when it proves yeah. out that you actually seem happy when I talk to you about something.
1: I think um, I I don't know Neil. I've uh, this is all part of too my growth. Um, you know, you can't really focus on the outcome. And I think I've learned to go back even to those ideas that didn't generate the result I'd anticipated or expected, or that fell short. To see, you know, where in the process did I just. Uh, Where does the process maybe need improvement or where was there change warranted? And in many cases, um, I've started to become much more settled and to know that really um, there are many variables. And sometimes there's a failure of imagination, (laughs) things you couldn't have anticipated. And boy, this year is certainly uh, just chock full (laughs) of them. Well, I think
2: about Matrix, even uh, when you made a good decision, for some reason, it wasn't recognized by the market, right?
1: Right. Correct. Correct. Or sometimes they come late, you know. Uh, Just, uh, yeah, being being right and early is sometimes indistinguishable (laughs) from being wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: well, as somebody else said to me, to be right and not make any money is the worst
1: yeah yeah well it, it's uh painful, but again, I get a sense of it, it's not calm but a sort of yeah. warm satisfaction yeah uh, in, yeah, even making the decision and knowing it uh, it was the right decision, even if other variables um, change the outcome
0: i I'm, I'm as you as you talk about it i'm thinking about how how this applies to folks who are trying to make better decisions for themselves right how what 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 nutrition uh, they should follow and um, how much sleep they need to get and um, when when you're in a process of discovery of um, investment or even in investment of your time or your discovery of of the self they're I, I love that if you're if you're too excited you may be you may be feeding yourself a line you may be telling yourself a story that, that that's actually that's not
2: actually true right like um, yeah. Yeah, I kind of know. feel like the only things you should be excited about are, are deep relationships your your best friends the people you love your mm. family um, yeah I try not to get too high or too low though I like to laugh a lot and enjoy myself
0: yeah you know that it's funny. We, we I just did a recorded a podcast uh, episode a while ago uh, with uh, Doctor Ted Achacoso, who is he is one of the highest IQ doctors in the world. He's uh, he invents nootropics and he he runs um, um, health um, health optimization um, businesses where he, he he trains doctors. And what he said uh, he said his goal is not he, he doesn't like the highs. He doesn't like the lows. What he aims to be is minimally perturbable. <laughs> I thought m- minimally perturbable, and I thought that's actually—I mean, that's that's sort of a that's sort of a Zen way to think about your life: is to not not get hung up on the highs or the lows, but just to be in this in this in this set in the steady state, and, and it connects
2: to what you guys have just said. Yeah, I think Chris probably feels that better than me. I, um, I I get afraid of the highs or the lows now. too high, too low. Yep. Uh,
1: I I see them.
2: I'm like, Oh, this can't be good. Right. Um, versus just, you know, enjoying the ride sometimes
1: Mm -hmm.
2: for, for guys like you
0: who are, um, at the cutting edge of so many different things and, and in in charge at the helm of, of big, big deals. Um, I'm curious about how you deal with stress. We all need healthy coping mechanisms, and obviously we've covered meditation. But I'm I'm curious, uh, you know, Neil, you mentioned Chris's walks. What else? How do you guys manage uh, the level of stress that comes along with um, managing, you know, multi million, multi multi million dollar. Uh, opportunities like uh, let's let's maybe start with you Neil like how what's what this is is very funny
2: it's a little bit of a gift from Chris and my wife um I've been debating for years about whether I should get a dog um and Chris said uh that he'd heard a a famous monk say you know any any ability to practice love is a good thing and that was literally all it took finally for me to say yes I'll go get a dog Mm -hmm. so I think Mm -hmm. playing with my pup is some of the easiest one um, for me, um, meditation. Um, just remembering to set everything aside and sit with my wife is probably the easiest one um, after uh, my pup. Just like, hey, just take dinner and set everything aside. and Just like focus on tasting the food even deeper, taking a long time, focus on feeling my hand and arm move to eat getting as mindful as I can on all of the surroundings, seeing her smile, um, tasting the tomato or whatever is in whatever she's cooked or I've cooked or we're eating. That seems to be some of the easiest one for me as well. Super mindfulness.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. How about you, Chris?
1: I, um, have several practices I've incorporated into my day. One is uh, whenever I hear the sound of a bell or a chime, I come back to my breathing. So it's a form of a mini meditation. Um, so you know if I hear a bell, I'm near a church tower and that bell rings um, to celebrate the beginning of a mass or on the hour. And I'll use that to just pause, come back to my breathing, Come back to myself. Um, because I think we're often not aware of how much energy we spend in thought. Um, and sometimes, of course, lost in thought. Not all that thought is productive. Um, and I also practice yoga. So the, the yoga practice um, is an extension of my meditation. Um, you know, in, in meditation, you can with a bit of deep looking, really find those places where you're holding tension in your body. And finding that release is tremendously rejuvenating. Um, And yoga is that path. Uh, Many people like to run, um, the walks help. So all kinds of uh, physical activity can fall into that sort of meditative sphere um, and uh, a way to release that tension that we all carry just in the act of living. Um, and of course, as Neil mentioned, I have two dogs and a cat <laughs> and a wonderful family. And when I'm in the presence of others, including the animals that are part of my family, I try to truly be present. And I even engage in a little bit of playfulness. Um, I like what you were talking about, Neil, to try to really taste the tomato. You know, I, uh, of course, diet's very important. I eat a lot of vegetables, and I'm always trying to taste them raw if they're not going to kill me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I want to really taste the rain in the lettuce. I want to see if I can um, taste the essence of, of what I'm eating. Um, and all of those things just tend to slow down my thinking, make me more present uh, and in touch with my mind, body, and bring all those things together, um, I find that to be tremendously refreshing in my younger days. Um, Sean, I used to work um, extraordinary amount of hours, and of course, I suffered like many from burnout, um, fatigue, um, periodic illnesses, colds, fevers.
2: Can't um, relate Chris
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's. Thankfully, in the last 15 to 20 years, that's been uh, absent in my routine. <laughs> I think I've replaced it with a much healthier um, and more balanced approach. And um, yeah, it's it's just been great
0: that, that uh, I try to taste the rain in the lettuce is like, man, that is that's a tweet, man. That's an award winning. Right
2: <laughs> I'm sure that's the first thing you thought, right, Chris?
0: I should tweet that yeah. out. Yeah. Should that's, tw- that's tweetable. That is so mm-hmm. tweetable. Um wh- how, okay. So w- when I think about when I think about cuz the way that, the way that you guys are describing your your process, um how you perform, how you how you how you be um how do you how do you keep an edge? how 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 what is your way to distinguish yourself from either people that you're competing against um or even just um to to improve upon uh, earlier iterations of 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 yourself we all have we you know nootropics or or sleep or whatever but i'm curious about like okay well then what's what's the secret sauce like wh- what is what is the thing that really kind of distinguishes distinguishes you like what what's your what's your what's your edge do you have one either of you
1: (laughs) chris let's hear yours first um i don't know i uh about my edge i think just the way um that i approach my day and my work gives me an advantage i think the awareness I have and am able to cultivate throughout the day and when I'm engaged in the process of making a decision or thinking about an investment or researching a position um, gives me an advantage. And again, um, I'm really just comparing uh, myself to nice. my <laughs> younger self like, <laughs> when you know I was looking for the excitement. I felt like I was chasing something. I'm uh, just now much more settled and I think I'm able to appreciate um, the real value of the information that I come across um, much more deeply. I think that's a true advantage. Um, I'm able to discard things that don't matter more quickly. i um, able to focus on things that have greater relevance as Neil mentioned earlier, some of that's pattern recognition, but clearly knowing um, and recognizing those patterns and making sure that, uh, again, I'm not overlooking it We're well,
2: bringing beginner's eyes to uh, those things. That's one thing
1: I think you do really yeah. well. Thank you, Neil. And just, uh, it comes from being settled. More than anything. I think mine's
2: different than Chris's, even though it probably shows up similarly. As, um, I've... Massive curiosity um, and massive drive and desire um, to, to achieve success with whatever I'm touching. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'll try not to wake up in the middle of the night to go check on something, but I've definitely been known to, you know, stock some diligence folders at 2, 3 in the morning when a, a thought strikes me. Um, or to just send an email out saying, Hey, we got to check this on them in the morning. Um, I, I think for me, I enjoy putting the puzzle together and seeing how it's going to go together. And like, you know, occasionally I, I hear these words failure or quitting or whatever. And we, we had a really good discussion about them on, on one of our previous podcast and our last podcast actually. And I kind of think as you know, the only time you can really lose is, is when you're done. And so you kind of should never really be done. Um, and so when you're asking me about like the good feeling when I make an investment, yeah, I feel good, but I kind of have never really done right. Looking at it, it didn't stop. I'm looking for reasons to say No. Or to say yes, even um, even though I've agreed and I'm moving forward, um, and I enjoy that process. That pro- that process is is really quite fun for me. And then to see it from um, the amalgamation of lots of different minds at Zoic, um, we all look at things very differently. Um, you know, we've got a, a base set of rules of what we're looking for, and we have some some great shared instincts. But um, once I maybe feel settled in my opinion, um, I my you know uh, that curiosity of mine kicks in to then go learn more about the science than I already knew, or to go learn more about the public markets than... You know I, I don't know much about the public markets comparative to lots of people especially when i'm sitting next to chris um and how they'll react to some of these things and so seeing that frame of thinking from other folks is something that you know i, I continuously still do even on the investments we have and that i feel good about i'm still analyzing them yeah
0: yeah that that, that level of engagement is um is a bit is big i mean if you're, if you're engaged in your life, if you're engaged in what you're doing and and not everybody has the, uh, has crafted their life. And I was going to say the, the, the fortune to, to, to be able to make their job, their, 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 their purpose, their mission, right? Um, not everybody has, has, has crafted that for themselves. Um, and stuff happens and maybe you're still in pursuant to that, but that level of engagement is everything, right? How engaged are you in your life? How engaged are you in your fitness, in your your decision making? And I think that that's really what I've taken away from both of those answers is just a level a level of engagement. And and for for you, Neil, to be um, just just insatiable curiosity, um, that's that's an expression of that engagement. And and for you, Chris, the level of engagement is 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 a is a calm, consistent, like really really dialed in focus into the projects that you're into um i want to make the connection between um an episode that we recently released uh with stephen c hayes who is a professor at nevada uh, university nevada and um he talks about he's he's basically one of the one of the founders uh and co-creators of uh, act uh, which is a a psychological paradigm which is acceptance and commitment and, and it's really popular. It's popular in sports. It's popular in investment and it's in, in academia. And basically it's, it's acceptance and commitment. So how quickly can you identify, uh, the things that you don't need, um, and then let them go so that you can continue to move forward and focus on the stuff that doesn't matter. And we talked about how writing down um, the icky feelings that you're having, just acknowledging them and just kind of sticking them in your back pocket, not, not running away from them, but just acknowledging that, that there is distraction or that there are red flags or whatever, but just acknowledging them. Um, and then committing to the, to the process of moving forward. I just, I saw, I saw that connection between, between Chris's answer. I just thought that was kind
2: of cool. Well, and I, I think something I'm sure Chris does as well is even when I've made a good investment, um, there are a lot of factors uh, well beyond things that I could, you know, we, we have an easy set of 19 filters <laughs> to start with of, of things that fit into our framework that we would look at investing in, right? Um, and, and then it goes way beyond that. Um, but even when we made all those decisions right and it's going well, I'm still trying to look at what we missed and what I wouldn't do again in spite of it going right. And I, I, I suspect, Chris, that that's similar for you. Even when you've made money on a trade, you're still saying, ha, huh, I missed that piece of data or you know, I hadn't considered this other part of that. And so well this worked out well, I want to make sure I, I, I'm more mindful the next time I'm presented with a similar situation.
1: I try to approach it as if it uh, is the first time I'm considering making that investment. Would I still make this decision today to own this company or own this investment. Um, And it makes it easy because I've done a lot of work already (laughs) Mm -hmm. to, to see if I'm able to confirm my thesis or if there were things that I needed to amend or adjust.
0: Yeah. 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 There's always, there's always nuggets of wisdom, even, in, even, even if it's gone really well, there, there's still things you could have improved upon, you know, even, even in some of the, some of the soft skills around relationships or communication, like how could that have gone better? How could, how can we have, um, improved on that? Even that success, how could that have gone a little bit better? I like that a lot. It's just, it's just not. Uh, it's not pretending like you know everything, which which is such a popular thing these days, Is to pretend like you just have all the answers all the it time, It's very right? funny.
2: Both of us do not feel like we know much at all. <laughs> a, a big basis of conversation is uh, saying, well, we don't really know. Let's educate. Let's learn more um, kind of in mo- both of our days. That's very common. E- even when we can play the expert. Even when we're the expert in the room, we're still starting with, I don't really know. Let's, let's look again.
0: That's, that's really common, right? It's, it's common for, for really high level, sort of elite level performance, uh, people to, to start with, well, I don't know. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing quite as powerful as, let me get back to you on that. Right.
1: Right. 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 Well, that's the, I think that's where you leave room for growth. Once you think, you know, something you're of course closed off from a lot of new information and certainly contrary information, the most valuable kind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that, that I continue to, to address with, uh, within this podcast is, you know, you can have all the data you can, you can do HRV and you can be wearing an aura ring and a whoop strap and you can have all of these devices, <laughs> right? cool so you took 8000 steps today great you can you can you can quantify just so many variables but but how do you feel Right? How do you how do you feel on the inside? Did, are, are you are you having any fun? Do you have any love in your life? Right? Like, mm-hmm. even though you have all this data and you're you know you're making smart nutritional choices and smart exercise choices and your sleep is dialed, but like, are you having any fun? Are you having a good time? Is it? Is it? Are you still? Are you still trying to learn in other ways?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a that's a great point, Sean. Uh, I guess. Uh, do I I'm trying I'm sorry <laughs> but I think it's really a critical point you know um, can you learn to love the process itself and and make it fun right and really um, in that way it's easy to give yourself over to it
0: hmm yeah right totally totally right yeah then you can then you can you can enter the stream you can be a part of it
2: Well,
0: Mm -hmm. a lot of our
2: podcast um, or a lot of the conversation Chris and I have um, in in, in a given dinner, we'll call it two hours. There's a fair amount of laughter. It's because we're both looking to have a good time. There's also a fair amount of very serious conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. How can I be better at this? Which is always a strange question. Um, But Mm -hmm. just trying to add reflection to it, too. And I think one of the reasons we have so much fun on our podcast as well or just as friends or, you know, all of the other connections we have is just because that is how we're both wired is to have deep reflection followed by deep laughter followed by, you know, mm. rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the good, that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Uh, I, as I as I continue to, to kind of understand how you guys think and again this is this is different this is this is philosophical and and I love this this conversation we're having and I really appreciate I'm grateful to you guys for for jumping on with me today uh, I'd love to know um, what thinkers do you guys look up to are there are there classical thinkers are there you know philosophical masters that you really follow? Uh, are there are there living legends that, that you that you really pay attention to? Because I think that we could all benefit from learning where you guys learn. So uh, maybe Neil, can you start and sort of tell us
2: who you really look up to
0: and, and who sort of thoughts do you do you really uh, hold in high regard?
2: So I, I mean, it'll sound a little strange in some way. I I, I appreciate a lot of Buddhist philosophy. Uh, I appreciate a fair amount of Hindu philosophy. Sometimes it's a little harder to understand. You know what a holy book is trying to tell you um i I appreciate um most investors i encounter um because they're they're trying to be thoughtful or or are and are sharing something um you know i try not to get while i appreciate lots of the way lots of people think you know and and chris in particular i uh, you know i've learned a lot from how he thinks or uh, as um Sean, you've met my friend Roger and we keep mentioning him. You know, I appreciate his, his thought process a lot. I try not to get too lost in thinking about how other people think. Um, I appreciate the frameworks that they can teach me, uh, but I wanna make sure that I think my thinking is self-consistent. Hmm. Hmm. And that I'm not reacting like too it. much. And at some point, hopefully I've learned the lessons that they're trying to share with me that were hard fought and won. Um, internally. (laughs) Right. So like the greatest thinker I know might be my dog Zen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Neil, if you are able to take insult or, or being ignored, if you're able to uh, suffer indignities and being locked out of the house and still come back with love and wag your tail, you might be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the, they're the best. They are the best. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: What about you? What about you, Chris? Who, who do you, who's thinking um, do you
1: really respect? I am, uh, I feel very lucky that I found the teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh, the great, uh, Vietnamese and Buddhist monk, um, some of the practices i outlined earlier that have become part of my daily routine um, i've adopted from the plum village uh, um, monastery that he founded in france Uh, and those practices of listening to the bell coming back to the breathing um, the the deep uh, relaxation and meditation techniques that he famously teaches uh, and just the clarity of his thought and understanding and the depth of his compassion um, resonate with me every day. Hmm. Um, I think um, really trying to approach everything with the mind of love, um, which is truly unlimited um, in the Buddhist context, uh, is something I think about every day. How can I strengthen that muscle? Um, And it really is, uh, love and understanding are deeply intertwined. So if I can really deepen my understanding of any issue, um, I feel like I'm expanding my capacity to love. I, um, of course, uh, like a lot of philosophical writings, (laughs) I am um, interested in uh, a lot of Buddhist thought. Um, from the writings of Jack Kornfield and Gil Fronsdale, um, as I mentioned, Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, but even the writings of uh, Dr. King, Martin Luther King, um, all of those things are really uh, part of me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in, uh, in, in the investment world, or whatever the profession is that you find yourself in, I think you can find those uh, Types of teachers who resonate with you. I think one of the reasons Warren Buffett is so popular um, is because uh, he speaks with that kind of simple wisdom and uh, and understanding, and he takes complex ideas and makes them simple. His teacher Ben Graham also did that very well. Um, so in the in the business world, of course, those are two great luminaries. Charlie Munger does the same thing. Um, <laughs> a little more subversively, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, those are, those are uh, really great thinkers uh, that I uh, admire.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really, that's great. You know, I, um, I'm, I'm struck by that, you know, as it, I'm a fan of, uh, I'm a fan of Tim Ferriss and, uh, and obviously he's, he's had a lot of successes in investing and he's had a lot of, you know, high level investors on his podcast and, and, and exploring the philosophy and the frameworks and the, the inspirations, uh, from certain figures, you know, some of those same names kind of come up mm-hmm. and, uh, to me, it's important that we understand these frameworks with investing, and and we understand these processes of of how to make smart choices for ourselves, for our money, for our family. Mm-hmm. So, because that that really high level, high stakes thinking, um, it really does bleed into all the different areas of our life. There's so many correlations between um, thinking in an analytical way uh, about about investing money, but also in, in how you're living your life, you know, the, the, the Charlie Munger and take not Han, right? You may not think that those are similar or related mm-hmm. or complementary, but they really are.
1: Mm-hmm. Or Charles Darwin, another person who I really admire. Um, you know, he had this beautiful way of putting forth the counter arguments to his position first. So mm-hmm. he would lead with what's wrong with this idea, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. And really kind of shoot it down himself before he presented what is his original thinking and his um, support for the idea he is presenting. So it's a, a kind of great way to think. I like um, that. Yeah. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh has this great saying. He says, um, we have the illusion of a separate self, the illusion of uh, being alone in the world because we cut the umbilical cord. Hmm. And he says, you know, um, many other living creatures, especially the trees, etc., don't suffer from that illusion. So, um, <laughs> it, wow. as cleanly as possible, if you think of that kind of interrelationship, if you had never cut the umbilical cord, um, it's kind of like uh, the web of Indra, right, Neil?
2: I, I mean, you're going to teach me about being a better Hindu right now, so.
1: Yeah, the web of Indra is this beautiful image of the interrelated web that we all are enmeshed in. And there's a uh, there are artist recreations of this idea in, in this kind of like a big spider web In each node is like a dew drop or a gem that shines, and that's each person. Uh, And again, that kind of interconnection that we all share, even if it's not readily visible to us, if we just reflect a little more deeply, we can see that interconnection. And if we reflect even deeper than that, we can feel it. (laughs) It's very real. It's very real.
0: It is. It is indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, this conversation has been an example of that for, for sure. Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) again, I, 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 consistently I'm, I'm struck by the guests that I have. Uh, I have this unique opportunity in, um, to, to, to connect with people who I respect and appreciate. I look up to, I'm inspired by, and sometimes I, I I just need to like, grok, grok, a thing for a moment. Like I don't I don't have a mm-hmm. I don't have a I don't have a catchy next question. I'm still like <laughs> grokking what you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, I just want to say thank you guys again for for coming on the Optimal Performance podcast. And and um, before you know, typically this would be like, okay, well, this what's what's the promo code associated with your product or? You know, <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Right. <laughs> Love and
1: peace. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good passion and understanding. Right? right.
0: Yeah, that is that's the promo code. Everybody, go ahead and go to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, use use the promo code and, and uh, get fifteen percent off Love and Understanding. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, I would I would invite people to 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 find you guys, but again, like you're you're not uh, you're not selling workout equipment or or nootropics, so you know what? we're, we're going to bypass bypass that. Yeah, you can that. follow us both, uh, both on will. LinkedIn.
2: I mean, we're pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's let, yeah. let I, I will put those in the show notes. Um, um Neil Modi is N-E-A-L-M-O-D-Y and Chris Heidel is Chris H-A-Y-D-E-L. Um, these these guys are these guys are are are, are Titans and Zen Titans um uh, at the same time. And, and again, I have so much respect for you guys. You know, w- w- you should listen to their podcast. It is phenomenal. I mean, it is, it is a, it is so entertaining. It is so insightful. If you have an if you have, uh, an interest in, in investment in, um, in, in business, you should go listen to it because the, the guests that they have are really great. And you guys are all obviously a ton of fun. Um, I have a hold last on, question, on, which is on. a film. And, and yeah, we learned yeah, yeah.
2: today, you and I, Sean, that Chris has 32 teeth. And so extra four teeth really, truly lead to that extra wisdom we're going to try and share with you on that podcast. I only have 28. Um, or I have Me a too. cap tooth, so maybe I have 27 and a half. Um, so you know, thank God for the the averages going up to do that, Chris. Please join us. Okay.
0: He's retaining his, his energy and his power. And his,
2: uh, <laughs> he, he, he just, That's my just, secret weapon, yeah, you guys. Are giving it away. Your, your,
0: your piezo electricity coming through your teeth, just so vibrating at a higher level.
2: Oh, uh, sorry, one last question, Sean.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a fill in the blank question and um this can be based you know this was a this was a, a very broad conversation um anyway and so we're sort of set up for um a smooth transition into this fill in the blank question you can take us this can be based on anything that you've known anything that you that you have experienced or that you want to share uh fill in the blank you can take as long as you'd like um uh, Neil, we're, we'll start with you and then, um, and then I'll pose the same question to you, Chris. Please fill in the blank, Neil. Everyone would benefit from knowing. themselves. Hmm. Indeed. Chris, everyone would benefit from knowing.
1: Neil. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you really, uh, you really answer that well, Neil. I mean, that is, uh, um, yeah. Everyone would benefit from knowing the. Well, Neil said it themselves, the healing and nourishing elements that are within us all.
2: Hmm. Well said. Well said. You know, actually, I want to add what Christine Jones just kind of reminded us of on this last episode, too, or second to last episode. It's like we all have the real Mm -hmm. power within ourselves to, you know, kind of heal ourselves, you know, or or to manifest Mm -hmm. the life we want or to create whatever it is we're looking for, or to build whatever it is we're thinking about, Um, whether that's physically or internally or emotionally, um, we're all capable.
0: Hmm. Absolutely. Go out and do it. Go out and be it. I love it. (laughs) Neil Modi, Chris Haydel, thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast.
1: Sean, it's been a great pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having us.